the silver water. We go, oh. Obviously, we've got to pay Hearts and Nat more money than last time to get on the roster. And uh, we, just, we just love, absolutely love this church. Uh, we've, we've got a story that goes with this church. And I know many of you um, have heard this before or indeed we're here like the Lewises who have indeed been a part of this church for 75 years <laughs> and <laughs> longer, uh, that, that for six months in the year 2000, Amanda and I were uh, the pastors for a transition period. And so our hearts have just been connected with this place since then. And then I had a look uh, this last week because whenever you're invited to a church, you always look at, uh, you know, what did I preach in the past? And, and I was asked uh, this time to look at Connect, and I thought, okay, what have I done in the past? And I had a look, and, and I've preached here 22 times in the last 10 years, and uh, often on Connect. So it looks like I'm a bit of a Connect specialist. Um, <clears throat> so tough job. I've got to say something different to the last time, because otherwise you guys who takes notes will be going, oh, that's what he did last time. So it was, it was, a, it was a great challenge. Uh, we, just, we love this church and how exciting to come here and to see the growth and the good things that are happening in this church. You know, great celebration. Uh, we have a Leon and Kristen getting married, uh, which was just wonderful. little bit of bridal college connection there, but also just uh, meeting out here. And, uh, you know, I, 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 just, I just love it. I love being a part of this family. And, uh, you know, Amanda and I uh, just actually had a little bit of time off. I had more time off than Amanda. Amanda had annual leave, but I did this thing called long service leave. Has anyone been in a job long enough to have pulled that one off? All right. This is my second lot of long service leave. So this is what I did. The first week, I went uh, bushwalking in the Tasmanian wilderness in the snow for six days with some friends. So that was the first week. Uh, the middle two weeks, Amanda and I went to the North Island of New Zealand in our Maui camper van, and we camper vanned around the North Island, and, and there was a little bit of history to that, because 30 years ago, on our honeymoon, we camper vanned around the South Island. So we did that. That was wonderful. We had this beautiful break. Um, Amanda needed to get back to work to keep earning money for us, so uh, <laughs> at that point, and so I then went with two brothers and my brother-in-law to an island called Sambawa, which is in Indonesia, and surfed for two weeks. So that's why I'm looking a tad refreshed at the moment. Uh, but this is one of the things I've discovered over many years. Refreshing, you know, and, and it is important to have time off work, right? You don't be a hero or think it's a hero thing and not take time off work because we need to be recharged to live this life in a fruitful way for Jesus. But it's not, the, 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 the refreshing is not just about the absence of work, right? It's also very much about the presence of God. And one of the things I just loved doing was, hey God, we've got some time here today, and getting the word out and just diving into a book of the Bible and, and enjoying what he's got to say to me and enjoying my time of prayer. And, and I actually went on this long service expecting that God would speak to me. And, and he always does when you expect it. And, and I find often he doesn't say a whole lot. He doesn't need to say a whole lot. It's just something significant 
for you. And this is, this is one of the things he said to me. I was reading Philippians 3.16, and God just made this stand out to me. Only live up to what you have already attained. Only live up to what you've already attained. You've been on staff for 20 years. You've been following me since 1978. Now is not the time to sit back, step back, say I've done my bit, pull away from things, think I've run my race, any of that. It's only live up to what you've already attained. In other words, what God's given you, stand on that and go even further. Amen? You know, I remember a couple of presences ago that, that there was one of those panels and Brian Houston said one of his, his bottom line decisions he's made is to never give up ground that he's taken in God. And on the, on the end of that, I come into C3 Silverwater, we're doing the theme of next step, and I hear miracle stories, my goodness, uh, Wayne and Tammy, what a... What a story. I love that. that you know, I, I could have gone home then and I would have been encouraged. You know? So anyone want to hear my message this morning? You think that could be enough? And, and, and I just think, here's someone taking a profound next step. And if we'd got anybody who was to tell their story being baptized this morning, it would have been a miracle story. It would have been an encouraging story for us. And, and, and then we, we hear about all of the teams that are volunteering and I just think, you know, next step is not just a program. It is an absolutely essential part of the ministry of a local church. Because think about the alternative. No step. Stuck. Over it. It's not really an alternative that we can contemplate. And yet, so many Christians just over time find themselves in a place where they're stuck, don't know what happens next. I was excited, but I'm not so excited anymore. Is, is this all there is to it? Things like that start to happen. And yet, if in God we continue to do those obedient steps, uh, they all have a little bit of a gulp to them. Because they all, anything worthwhile, anything that's going to value at us has always got a bit of a price tag. And so taking a next step and, and being bold and getting up here and telling your story, getting baptized, okay, a bit scary, a bit of a price tag, got to humble myself. And yet, that's the foundation for a most awesome life of fruitfulness going forward. Uh, all those volunteer teams, there, there's discipline in that, there's, there's sacrifice of time, but that means church isn't just something that you go, oh yeah, go to church, it's like, this is, this is my crew, this is my family, this is what I do to see my church go forward, and so I'm honored to be able to speak to you this morning about one of the most wonderful next steps, and that's the relational next step of being connected one with another in connect groups. So there's, there's next steps of participation and volunteering, which is, which is a brilliant, powerful, valuable thing to do. There's next steps of, of growing personally, like baptism, maybe doing night college or Christian essentials. You take a step and you learn and you, and you, you go to the next place in God. 
but there's also next steps relationally, where we sow into our relationships in our church family, and we make sure that we're connected, but not just that, that we're doing something about making sure that others are connected. And so that's why we're looking at this whole area of connect groups. In fact, when I saw, when I was here in February, I spoke about connect groups. And when I looked at it, I go, what are, what are connect groups? I didn't go, oh, I just said, yes. Yes, I love connect groups. So let me tell you a little bit about Amanda and my story of connect groups. Uh, it actually goes back to before we were married, when we were boyfriend and girlfriend. This goes back to over 30 years ago. We were at St. Albans Anglican Church at French's Forest. And Amanda was a, a, a relatively new believer. And the word went out, we need a connect leader for the year nine girls cell group, right? We called them cell groups. And for Amanda, it was one of those God things. She, she didn't feel prepared. She didn't feel like she was up to it. And yet God nailed her and said, you're that year nine cell group leader. And so with a big gulp, she stepped up and started doing that. And that went through all of year nine. And then they kept going through year 10. And then they did it through year 11. And then they went through year 12. So four years. Can you imagine doing four years of a weekly cell group? Uh, and the impact that it had on those girls in that, that incredibly um, uh, building transformation formation time, that, that vulnerable time of their life, it was a huge impact on those girls. But if you were to ask Amanda, she would say that probably the biggest impact was on her because as she stepped up, she found that God built her. As she prepared, she found that God grew her and it was actually one of the most significant things that she's done in growing in the Lord. Now, for me, I didn't run a connect group. I wasn't as advanced as Amanda, uh, but I did go to a connect group, and I can't remember a whole lot about it except that there was, there was two guys in my connect group uh, that I can remember, Clayton Lovegrove and uh, a guy called Jeff, I can't remember Jeff's surname, uh, but I just remember these guys, that, they were like, I'd been a Christian for three years, and they'd been a Christian for five, like they knew everything. Because after five years of being a Christian, it's like you've just got it all nailed. And, and I just remember growing because these guys were ahead of me. And I'd ask questions and they knew the answers. And I can remember thinking, my goodness, this wisdom, it's doing me good. I'm growing. So that was our first experience. And then in 1987, this is the, the year after we got married, married in 1986. The next year, we actually went and joined the Christian City Church at uh, Brookvale. That wasn't C3 back then. It was the Christian City Church, and it was at a warehouse in Brookvale. And one of the things we decided to do before we even went to the services is we, we thought, we're going to join a connect group. So for about a month, we just went to connect group before we even went to the services. And we went to this guy called Greg French, his connect group. So it was bigger than Ben-Hur, it was boisterous, it was happening, and there uh, we learned about moving in the Spirit. 
Now, Greg sort of used me as a bit of a project. He saw this, this guy trained as a scientist coming out of the Anglican church, and, you know, it's all sort of happening. And he'd look at me, and I'd be there going, what's going on around here? You know, I'm just trying to work it all out. And so he started showing me how to move in the Spirit. And I remember this time, he goes, Pat, you've got a prophecy from the Lord. And I went, no, I don't. I don't have a prophecy. I've got nothing. And he goes, look, if you just wait on God, he's going to show you a picture. And I went, all right. You know, and, I, and, and I saw this picture in my spirit. It was like the first time I'd ever experienced it. It was like this brick wall, and I saw there was, there was bricks missing. And I must admit, I was, because I, 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 at the time I thought, okay, well, that's not God. That's a bit stupid. But anyway, I'll just share it. And I, I, what I see is this brick wall and some, some bricks missing. And this other person, uh, a, a girl in our connect group, goes, that's exactly what I just saw. And I, You're kidding me. This stuff's for real. Holy Spirit talks to you. I can't, and then Greg would, would uh, walk through it and show us how that would become uh, a prophecy, how you ask, oh, I can't even remember what the prophecy was. I'm still just blown away that God spoke to me through this vision. So we're in Greg's Connect group. We grew there. Then we went from that one, and we're in another Connect group with a couple called Paul and Cheryl and Bucknell. Now, great couple, pastors in our church. We were there uh, for, for quite a while, loved it. Uh, I, I don't remember a lot about it, except that Paul Bucknell, he couldn't pronounce King Artaxerxes, and so he just referred to him as King Ah, he taxes us, you know, the, the things you remember over many years, and then we were sent from there to go and do our own connect group. We, we'd bought a little unit in Wayne Street Harbord, and when you've got your own place, you've got to have a connect group, so we did connect group in our little unit, and it was brilliant. We had people from our unit that joined us. We had a whole lot of Korean people join our connect group and various people. And, and it was just this wonderful, beautiful time of growing. In fact, we outgrew our little unit and we went to, uh, there were some people in our connect group who were renting a house. So we went to their place. It was a little bit bigger. And, and it was then that in our journey, um, Amanda got pregnant. We had Jacinta. And so what happened at that point is we just kept doing connect group. And I think um, when Jacinta was two weeks old, we bought her in her little bouncinetti thing, and it just meant that doing connect group, one of us was out in the other room doing that. <clears throat> you know how it is, and the other one's there doing connect, and, and then we got bigger and we do, you know those portable cots that you just cannot erect properly because you pull bits up and you get those up and then the middle falls. We had one of them as well. Uh, but we just, Jacinta came with us to connect group and we, we kept going and doing that. At that point, <clears throat> Amanda and I uh, did something fairly radically different. We were asked to go to the Philippines to plant C3 Cebu. So with our, by that stage, little one-year-old Jacinta, we moved to the Philippines and there was a small group of people already there and we began the great task of establishing C3 in East Asia. And the first thing we did with those existing crew, the little seed group, the leaders, is we invited them all to our little rented place and we did connect group. 
And the idea was that they had all become connect leaders. And it, and it happened. And it was like we had our connect group there and we've got this big city, Cebu, and one of the connect groups started as far north as you could go in Consolacion. And then another one was as far south as you could go in Talisai. And another one was out to the west in Talamban. And all these little lights began to go on across this city of connect groups. And then after two years, we handed the baton on, and, and C3 Cebu's a great church, still going now in the Philippines. We came back, and we started Connect Group back in our house in North Manly. Now, <clears throat> that, I remember two things standing out about Connect Group there. One is that when we moved house from North Manly to Cromer, that it was all of our Connect Group that moved us. Like all day, our connect group was there helping us get the gear out, fill the rented truck, take it over to where we were moving to, take it up the steep driveway, hoist it up to the balcony and helped us to move. The other thing I can remember is when our little boy Tyler was born. Very soon after he was born, he was uh, impacted by, by pretty serious eczema. And Amanda was told by the doctor, okay, well, you've got to remove this from your diet, that from your diet, the other from your diet, because you're going to, you're going to uh, have to change what you're passing on through breast milk to your son. And we just thought, oh, we've got to take this to God. And so we went to our connect group, and we said, guys, uh, we want you to pray for us. And so they prayed for us. They laid hands on Tyler. They anointed him with baby oil, which is apparently the worst thing you can do with eczema. Right, it's, not, it's just not good for the skin. And, and, and Tyler was completely healed and never had eczema again. <clears throat> so so the, these are all the stuff of growth and support and life and encouraging each other. And so we, we did that. It continued to grow. And then Amanda and I... We did something a bit different where Amanda started to run a women's connect group and I started to run one for men. And so Amanda ran this women's connect group for some years, but while she was in that, she was also in a connect group herself with a bunch of women. And, and you see, this coincided with the season in Amanda's life, which was like a season of healing. God just addressed some parts of a world and put his finger on the wound, and it was this big journey of healing, and the, the connect group that she was in, the women gathered round, they were her support, her strength, and really, and, and you know, I was talking to Amanda about this yesterday, tell me the things that stand out about your connect journey, and this is one of the things that really stand out for her, that, that she was brought through this tough season by great women in her connect group. I started a men's connect group, and that was going okay, and I, I remember uh, a guy called Don Foster. Now, Don, been in our church forever, came up to me, and he goes, Pat, I've been a Christian a long time, you know that, and I just, I feel stuck, and I'm really concerned, because I've seen some other people you and I have known for a long time, they're not in church, their family's not in good shape, and I do not want to go in that direction. Can I join your connect group? Don, absolutely, come and join my connect group. A year later, he was running the connect group. He then handed that one on. He started two new ones, and he still runs those two. So every fortnight, 
he goes to St. Ives and every other fortnight he goes to Monavale and he runs his two men's connect groups. So all of this brilliant stuff happening, the other one that's sort of been going for the last 15 years is Amanda, while the other things are happening, Amanda and I have been running this connect group for connect leaders. And you can imagine that over 15 years plus, you just get to know people. These are the sort of people that if we're facing something, they're facing something, there's, there's no problem with picking up the phone or just saying, you know what, we, we need some prayer. Could you please come and pray for us? And we've got that level of connection and trust so that we can do that now. So that's sort of the big picture of our Connect story. Why would we, over more than 30 years, through the seasons of life, new seasons, brand new baby, uh, new business, challenging times, not so challenging, why have we just said that a non-negotiable in our world is being a vital part of a connect group, both for our sake and for the sake of others? Well, glad you asked, and that is what I am going to talk about for the next little while. We have made Connect an essential part of what we do because we believe Connect groups are a God thing. We believe Connect groups are a God thing. Look at what it says in Acts 2, 46, 47. Speaking about the early church, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Isn't that just the most beautiful picture of church? Now, people look at church these days and you know, people out in, you know, maybe the average Aussie or something like that go, what's church? Well, church is that that building that's got a cross on it and there's a crew that every now and then will go and attend that church. And so church is something that you attend and there's you know, a paid dude there that's the clergy and maybe one or two excited volunteers that help out. And when you turn up, the paid dude and the excited volunteers, they, they say some cool stuff and then you go home and you feel a little bit better about yourself and that's church. Well, that... According to the Bible model, that ain't church. Church is this wonderful community. It's relational. It's together. And what church does, one of the things it does do is it joins together like this. This is the temple court bit. And in this setting, we praise. And in C3 Silverwater, some of the best praise that you're going to enjoy in the planet. We worship and we pray together, and we have corporate prayer, and there's power in that, because when we pray, we say amen, and we agree, and what we, we agree on on earth is agreed to in heaven, and it comes to pass, and the word of God is preached and proclaimed, and we get to be generous and to give, and all these things we do in the temple court mode of church, but there's another mode, and that's the mode that was referred to as the home to home, maybe in our setting, it's in a home or a, or a cafe or someone's workplace. It's, it's in the boardroom. And that's where we do the small group stuff. And that's where we pray for each other. 
It's where there's the word, but there's a bunch more discussion around it. It's where relationships are built. It's where we get to know one another, and it's where community really kicks in. And because we've got the gathering in the big gathering, and we've got the gathering in the small gathering, then we can do the thing we're really called to do, and that's when church goes from being gathered and goes into every part of this city, right? And we're, and we're not going out like, like, oh, I'm timid, what are they going to do? Uh, uh, is anyone going to accept what I've got to say? Uh, the devil's beating us all up. No, 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 we're encouraged. We go on purpose. We're filled with purpose because we know that we have been sent by the body of Christ to make a difference in our workplace, that we've got something that's going to help our fellow students or the person over the back fence. So church gathers and church scatters, and that is what we've been called to do. So Amanda and I, the reason why we've been committed and always will to connect group is because it's a God thing. The second reason is because we believe in fellowship. We're, we're never going to stop meeting in small groups because we believe in fellowship. Or the cool Greek word for that, we believe in koinonia. That's the word in the New Testament which on 20 occasions refers to the way that the church does community. This is where it's mentioned first in Acts 2.42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the koinonia and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. So what, in essence, is this koinonia? It's communion by intimate participation. Now, we might think of communion. What's communion? Well, that's when you, you pass the bread around. And indeed, it is. We, we participate in remembering the sacrifice of Jesus and his giving of his body and blood. But communion also means intimate participation with each other. That we have such a level of relationship that we can share in trust and intimacy with each other and build one another up. That's what koinonia is. It's one of the, the spokes in this model of growth that, that I saw when I was a new believer uh, of how you grow as a Christian. Has anyone here heard of the Navigators? You wave if you heard of the Navigators. So when I was a new believer, I had a few booklets from the Navigators, and basically the Navigators would go onto campuses and universities and, and places like that and would, would share and help to, to bring uh, uni students into a place of discipleship. And they had this really cool model that looks like that. I like it. It's kind of old school, isn't it? It's uh, the obedient Christian in action. <clears throat> and I love that. What's an obedient Christian? Someone who's obeying their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And they're not living a life where they're just sitting, sitting down and letting life go by. They're in action. They're using their gifts to make a difference in the world to be fruitful for Jesus, and to be an obedient Christian, living a life that's making a difference, well, for that wheel to, to go on and not be a clunky wheel that's sort of got one side square, it sort of goes okay, but one side's missing, but it's, it's, it's moving forward, 
you've got to have Christ at the center. <clears throat> that, that he's on the throne of our life. He's at the very center of what we do. He's the one we live for. That's the foundation. And we are uh, intimately connected to him through these four spokes. We've got prayer, that we're intimately connected in, in relationship and communication with him. We've got the word, that he's speaking to us through the Bible and we're hearing from him regularly. We've got, okay, they, they threw a bit of a scary one in here, witnessing that we're living our life so that others would see Christ in us. And it's a part of why we're alive. And they put there fellowship, that we're not going to be able to have a fruitful life. We're not going to be one of these Christians living in action unless we're meeting with others. And it makes sense, doesn't it? How can we face the challenges of a fruitful life for Jesus if we're not being encouraged by other believers and built up by other believers and prayed for by other believers? Indeed, I don't think that that connect group is just adding to that spoke of the wheel. Connect groups enhance all of those. Because if you were to look, just, just look at prayer for a moment. Yes, we pray in here and we say amen about the big picture things we're praying for. And we pray at home, in our personal walk with the Lord, in our quiet time. But what about that prayer where we say to someone who we've grown to know over the years, you know what, I need prayer. I've got some real challenges at work. There's some challenges in my family. And we know someone well enough to say, can you pray for me? Where does that happen? That's connect group. What about the word? Well, here we're getting it preached. We might read it by ourselves at home, but what about that place where we say, I've got a question. What does it mean when it says that? Well, that's a good question. Let's discuss that. Where's that happen? Connect group. What about witnessing? I tell you, when you, with the other people in your connect group, are praying for the people in your world that don't know Jesus, it goes from being the scary W word to the, hang on a minute, I've got faith for this. We're, we're agreeing together that my brother will come to Christ, that my next door neighbor will come to Christ, and I'm expecting to see God moving in their heart. And so it goes from this unsupported, don't want to think about it, scary area, to something that we think, hang on a minute, I'm, I'm alive on earth to be a soul winner. And fellowship, well, of course, that is what it's all about. And as we go forward and grow, Connect Group helps us to do it in a healthy, sustainable, long-term, not getting over it, not getting dry, not getting stale, always fresh, always growing sort of way. I've got one more uh, screen to show you. I just thought that this one was uh, pretty cool because it added one more spoke. Have we got that one? There, yeah. Someone just thought if they added one more that it would look like a Frisbee, so they call it the ultimate Frisbee. Um, does anyone else just think things like that are stupid and cool? I just thought I needed to show you that. All right, so Amanda and I are never going to stop being involved in Connect Group because it's a God thing. 
We're never going to stop being involved in Connect Group because we believe in koinonia and that without fellowship, we're going to be somehow plodding along and the wheel ain't going to be going right and we're not going to be growing as well as we can as if we're in vital connection. The other reason is that we believe that Connect is like a God family to us. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's our family that God puts us in. He chooses to put us in these families. Psalm 68 tells us that God sets the solitary in families. How good's that? He doesn't say, hey, we've got a relationship and all right, now you've got to be sort of Captain Fantastic all by yourself and, and do this journey like some sort of solitary superhero. No, he puts us in families. One of the things I've discovered about family life you don't attend a family. Anyone tried attending their family? I mean, you, you get together at a family thing, you go, oh yeah, I'm just here to watch. I'm just, yep, yep, you guys can do all the stuff. I'm just, I'm just um, attending. At attending is not on the radar with family. Family means what? You've got responsibility, you all pitch in because you're a part of the family. And that's what Connect Group does. Connect Group, it just pulls you into this place that we're all designed for, and it's called participation. You, you're now a participant in the family life of your local church. And you, th this is the way God's designed it, that there's actually other people in our church, and their growing and going forward isn't going to happen without our participation because in you and I God has put gifts and abilities and insights and stories and victories you know hearing Wayne's story today he might be thinking I wish I'd made this decision a few years ago that would have been good However, God uses whatever we bring to Him. And now, there will be someone out there who's sort of been doing that same journey. And do you know who the best qualified person in this room is to talk to them? A guy over there called Wayne. Because he's now got a story that's going to build up someone else. So... This is, this is what happens when we participate in Connect. Relationship, I've spoken about that. Accountability. This is one of the most powerful things you can have in church life, where you say to someone, I, I need to be accountable to you. I want to grow in this area, or I want to establish a new habit, or I want to break a bad habit, and I want you to ask me about how I'm going. The fact that someone's going to ask you and you're accountable to them will help you to grow and to move forward in that area. Prayer we've talked about. The Word we've talked about. Encouragement. Anyone here need encouragement from time to time? You know where that happens? In Connect. In Connect. I've never left Connect Group thinking, oh, gee, I wish I hadn't gone. Before Connect Group, sometimes I think, oh, maybe I'm too busy. But you go, no, I'm committed, I go. When I'm leaving, I always go, oh God, thank you that I went. Because I'm encouraged. 
The exercise of gifts happens in connect group, both yours to others and others to you. Discipleship. Did you know that our Commander-in-Chief, Jesus Christ, has given us a commission to make disciples? And every believer on the planet is to be engaged in making disciples of another and being made into a disciple by someone. Where does that happen? Happens in Connect. So, C3 Silverwater, as I finish this morning, let me tell you what you can do to respond to this message. This message, pretty practical, huh? But one of the most profound things that you can ever engage yourself in is the koinonia, the fellowship with the saints. So how do you respond to something like this? Well, this is what you do. If you're here this morning and you've never dived into a connect group before, I want to encourage you and I want to challenge you that when this service is finished, go out to the uh, connect, what are we calling it? The expo. I love that. Have we got like show bags and Ferris wheels and stuff like that? It's okay, we've got everything. Go out to the Connect Expo and talk to someone about how you can get involved. There's probably things in your mind where you go, well, if you knew my shift work, you'd talk to them. There's probably a way. If you once went to Connect Group and you stopped, get in there again. Dive in. Get involved in fellowship because it's going to make all the difference. If, you've, if you're a part of a connect group, <coughs> excuse me, and, and you're getting stirred this morning about taking the next step, which is being an assistant leader, starting to take some of that responsibility, or a leader in your connect group, I want to say to you, go for it. It is just one of the most awesome experiences because you become one of the disciple makers, one of the first line of pastoring in your church. And there's training for that. And you go to the next step bar, register, and people tell you how you can get involved in the training. Or maybe you were a connect leader for a while and you stopped. Might have been a really good reason for that, just a season of life. Maybe you're doing it for a while and it wasn't growing. You just thought, don't know about this. I want to challenge you, get back on the horse, keep going, keep making disciples, new season, fresh season, and get involved again in this extraordinary, fruitful way of changing people's worlds.